Welcome to the Focus on Why podcast. I'm Amy Rowlandson and I ask my guests one simple question, why? Focusing on the importance of why, I share with you the relatable, uplifting and inspiring conversations I have with people from all walks of life. This podcast will encourage you to focus on your why to enable and empower you to achieve the success you desire. Have a purpose, have a plan, focus on why. Before we get started, are you thinking of creating a podcast or are you a podcast host already? As a podcast strategist, I can help you to launch or relaunch a purposeful and profitable podcast, which will inspire, entertain and educate a global audience. Simply book in a one-to-one call with me right now via the Calendly link in the show notes and together we'll focus on the purpose of your podcast. Today on Focus on Why, I am joined by the wonderful Diana Hartley. Hello, Diana. How are you? Hello, Amy. I'm terrific. I'm so happy to be here. And where are, where is here right now? Well, here is in Ashland, Oregon, which is 15 miles over the border from California. And how is it? What's the weather like today? Beautiful blue skies, which we are, everybody's jumping around like they're on drugs because we have been in smoke for six weeks. So we're very happy and we're going to get rain this weekend. So we're hoping that'll get rid of the fires that we've been suffering from. Yeah, that's tough. It's it's a huge disruption for everybody involved. So I'm delighted to hear you've got blue skies. Thank you. Fabulous. And we have been brought together because you heard the episode that I recorded with Tanya Searle a while ago and you're a good friend of Tanya's and you reached out and said, hey, it's my turn. I'd like to come on the show. Yes, exactly. Exactly. And what is it you'd like to share with us? What is it you're doing at the moment, Diana? I have a program called True Heart Training, which I originally created for organizations because I feel that everyone in an organization, I've changed it now to an online program, should be able to be authentic and share the amazing gifts that are usually blocked by their position and by management. And so I started to do that. And in the area I live in, there just are not progressive people that would do that kind of a program. I always come up with very creative new things. So the pandemic was a gift to me because it allowed me to go online and then to realize, you know, who do I want as my audience? Who are the people that need most to learn to live from their heart, to be able to find what is going on inside them, their true gifts, and even their true voice? And so I went online and created this program for empaths and highly sensitive people. And that's where it is right now. And uh, it's, it's really exciting because empaths and highly sensitive people make up, or empaths maybe, who knows, numbers are, you never know where they come from, 20% of the population. And that seems like not very much, but it's over a billion people in the world. And a billion people, men and women, broken up. 50-50 supposedly are are have have been a, having issues trying to manage this life. They are highly sensitive because they have more mirror neurons in their brain, which means they sense and feel more than regular people, which is often problematic even in the sense if they have a great idea, they see something that people don't see, they're kind of put down. Oh, what are you talking about? And or it's a solution it is so obvious to them, and it's frustrating. So, and there are a lot of other issues that come up for sensitive people, and certainly in these times, they need support to be able to know how amazing they are, that they're not 
flawed because they're sensitive. And what will be happening to people who are more sensitive or empaths? What will they be doing right now? I think a lot of them, first of all, it seems to be better for us to not be in an organization because we pick up so much energy we can come home and collapse. So people, I think, more and more are trying to be entrepreneurs if they can. And often, because we had taken so much input, which is kind of hard to understand, we need to be alone. Uh, I was a corporate trainer. I trained all over the world for Decker Communications. And I would go to these trainings at Microsoft and wherever else. And I was exhausted after a day of smiling and doing where there were other people, the extroverts, that would go out and party and drink. And I just wanted to go home and collapse. And and I didn't really know I was an empath. I just thought I was weird or something. I wasn't as good as them. There's a lot of comparison because we live in a world of extroverts. And so when I found out that there are other people like me, which was until about 10 years ago through a book. Uh, by Heidi Sawyer from your country, that I realized, I mean, my hair stood up on my arms, realizing that I had so many of these same characteristics and that I was different. And that was quite a revelation. So celebrating the difference and understanding that you were not alone and that you weren't this weird person who was sort of operating in a different way from other people around you. What did that then go on to allow you to do? It allowed me to feel freer to express myself. When you're a child and you're an empathic child, and most of us, many are born into families that don't have a clue as to who we are. And when we do share with those people and we say these things, they don't get us. So we learn to be quiet. We learn to shove it back inside. And we have amazing creative ideas because we are so perceptive and intuitive. Uh, uh, Being an empath, allows me to challenge myself to be able to really reveal who I am finally. And that is someone that really wants to see love in the world and to be able to see that love will heal so many of the problems that are going on. It's a tough thing to do and allow me to have a voice and to really not be self-conscious about having a voice that's different than the norm. And it's a really common myth that people think that people who are introverted don't have a voice. It's it's just a case of sometimes they don't have the the ability to to be heard. You know, people are a bit shutting them down because they don't process things as fast as an extrovert would do, or they're not as vocal in a in a dynamic, in a group dynamic as others. Well, partially they're not, you know, if you're in an organization and I've been there where even though you might have these brilliant ideas, because of your position, you're not at the top, people don't listen. And so, you, and you have to agree oftentimes in these corporations and organizations. But we're not all introverts, by the way. We're 50, there are extrovert, and I am too, I think I am. And even Brene Brown, Oprah, people like that, they say they're introverts, and, and they, but they can go out when they're in their passion, when they're in their topic, like me, I can just go, just talk for hours. So what is it you want to achieve? What is it you, you're the mission behind the work you want to do here, Diana? Well, the mission comes from my heart, comes from since the day I was a little girl, I would look at my parents and other people and wonder why everybody was so unhappy because why should they be? I kind of understood love and I understood that why aren't we all getting along? It made no sense to me. 
And and I my mission really is to empower empaths and highly sensitive people or anyone to be able to feel good about themselves, to be able to know that they have particular and special gifts to give the world and they have every right to give it. They have to find the right place to give it. They have to find the right people to give it to and also be able to communicate, which is a big background for me, how to communicate this to people. And being so young and having this understanding that you said you had around love, why do you think that others didn't have that? What is, what's behind that? What, what set you apart for such a young age? I think it was a part of me. I just think I came in with it. You know, I, I grew up in Westwood Village where UCLA is. I grew up with movie star kids. Everything was perfect. There were, there were no people that I could relate to that were talking about anything except success. Everybody was, you know, shiny and pretty and glamorous. And I, I just, it just, I could see through that. I could see their unhappiness. I could feel what was really going on, but I could never address it. And again, I didn't know uh, that there are any other empaths or people like me in the world, but I always have been moving towards trying to help people be happier because I really see no reason not to. And there really isn't. It's a society, the, the, the whole history of humanity that has made us feel less than, not good enough, not having enough money, not honoring that we have everything we need inside ourselves. So peeling away those layers to get to the core of who people really are, what do they then go on to do? What is, what is it that then frees them? It's a daily journey. It's a daily journey not to fall back as we all on what we have in our brains and that monkey mind that tells us we're not, we're not, we're not. They go on to, if they follow the path and there has to be a discipline, they go on to find out who they truly are. We are not really taught to be who we are. We're taught to get in a line and be like everyone else. And I tried that and it never worked. It never, ever worked. It just failed because it wasn't me. So they go on to realize how they can give their gifts and also be in the world at the same time. And you have to manage it. You have to manage your emotions. You have to manage your responses to people. But eventually, if you really focus in on who you are and maybe talents and skills that have been hidden in there your whole life and have made you angry and frustrated and depressed, then then little by little, your joy comes, your joy comes back to you or a joy maybe you've never had because you're being you. And that's the most important thing in the world is that we are who we were meant to be. We have a purpose here and we're all unique and we all have gifts. So where does the true heart training come in? True heart training really is focusing on helping people to love themselves. And I, you know, how many times I have heard that and everybody, oh, you just have to love yourself. Well, how, how do you do that? So I think true heart training is really going in and focusing on learning how to love ourselves, learning how to remove the beliefs, the actions, the motivations that were never ours and from society and then go in and replace it with love and kindness and learning how to do it in a process in those stuck areas of your life. And then allowing yourself with the freedom of forgiving yourself or having compassion. And again, it's a process. It's a training. And, and more and more, you're, you're just out there. You're, you're coming out. 
Um, and it's all about love. It's just all about love. Love is the greatest healer in the world. And it certainly is the opposite of fear, which is what the society in the world is about. So. And tell me more about the forgiveness element. Oh, I, I, I think that's one of the biggest pieces, but I, forgiveness, how many times have we heard it defined, preached to us and so forth, but it's more really taking, really learning that what you feel about yourself, which isn't good, did not come from you, did not come from your heart, did not come from your spiritual connection. It came from outside of you and how you were defined by people that didn't necessarily know or understand you. And to be able to then, well, forgive them, but also forgive yourself for believing these falsehoods and realizing that that was never you. And the more you learn who you are, the less those things play on you. That doesn't mean this crazy monkey mind isn't going to try to say those things, because I don't think we ever lose that, but they get, you're stronger than them. So you're not being controlled by your beliefs and your thoughts. You're being controlled by who you really are, which is your true self. And share with us the, the impact of imposter syndrome on your own life. Well, you know, I, it's, it's a life's journey. I wouldn't be here today. It took me this long to get here. And even though as a child I knew, but in the society that I grew up in and family, it just wasn't there. And, but when I got passionate, it was so interesting. I might hide. I'm going to be, I would be really quiet. I wouldn't share because I knew new people wouldn't understand it or my, my energy was overwhelming and it stopped me from doing a lot of things. Even when I was doing the corporate training, I was, I was in fear the whole time, even though I was up there, especially not saying my own words when I'm saying my own or uh, believing in my own concepts and sharing them. I'm a different person, but it was so challenging to do that. And it's really stopped me in many ways. It stopped me from good relationships. It stopped me from really working uh, and knowing an early age what path to take to be able to strengthen myself even financially. And, and it all, it comes up, you know, it comes up all the time, but I know now that it's not me. And I know if I follow my own path, that's the whole point that then that doesn't show up because I'm being me. It's not like I am putting on that mask to look like everybody else or to be like everybody else. And it's so commonly said you know to follow your own path that you know your your all of your truths are within and yet people still look externally for the answers they don't trust themselves right that's how we're trained aren't we i mean i'm supposed to, i'm looking out there and from day one we learn how to fit in we learn and when in school we learn how to sit in the chairs we know how to you know get grades we don't we're not maybe in the montessori schools but we're not taught to really learn who we are. And what a difference it would make if we were actually honored enough. And there are some primitive tribes and tribes that from day one, they see who the person is and they, they help that person blossom. But we're not, we're not taught to do that. So, and now with social media and all the crazy stuff that, you know, from the, the Kardashians to whatever, we are comparing ourselves often to people that have been, you know, in, in their fields, or like Brene Brown, let's say, I'm not going to be Brene Brown. I haven't been, but there'll be times when I will see an expert and I'll feel bad about myself because I'm not them. But once I learn who I am, then I just have my own, I own my own path and I learn my truths and I stop looking on the outside for answers, but we're trained to do that. Uh, it's, it's really interesting. You spoke about the true gifts and the true voice. Somebody comes to you and they, and they sort of, 
in this sort of state of flux of they don't know what their true voice is and they don't know what their their true gift is and and people give them compliments on different areas but they don't believe in themselves how long does it take to to then trust themselves that they they have got this gift I, you can't put a time limit on it it's a life process just like anything else it's like we are, if we're really willing and we're committed to really being happier and to find our own path, you know, every day we're growing as long as we challenge that. So there is no, no easy answer to this. And then we go outside, which makes it difficult. And we're comparing again, you know, that it's, it's just amazing. So we really have to keep our own counsel. We have to connect to spirituality, what's inside of us. We have to learn to trust our intuition, which gives us the truth. It never fails if you do that. But it's the commitment, I think, to be being, I'm going to do this. I'm going to stick with it. It isn't just some program that's, and I don't mean it has to be with me all the time, but at least the concept, practice, practicing, going inside, practicing, trusting yourself, that, um, that, it, that it really does transform you. And it brings, when this happens, it's amazing. The more you are yourself, the more people will show up, the more opportunities will show up, things, synchronicities will happen. And it, it, it becomes an easier life. There's a flow to it because you're not putting on all this, you know, the costumes and the makeup and trying to be someone else. And you said that you had almost an epiphany when you read a book. Was it Heidi Sawyer, you said? Heidi Sawyer, yeah. Highly intuitive people, I think. I always get the name wrong. And also Dr. Judith Orloff, who's a psychiatrist at UCLA, who is, I guess, from a family of empaths, she is one of the great experts and she has wonderful books on that because she is highly sensitive. She, you know, she's, but she's been able to be a psychiatrist. She's teaches, you know, different practices for healing. Um, but mine is different because true heart training is really going in there and changing that thinking and changing those concepts and having those epiphanies to well, why do I believe I'm weird? I and what what's in me that it, it this thing that's burning to get out? And once they hook into that, they don't feel that. So that's why I see a balance of the people that are working with empaths that way, and the difference between me, which is shifting the thinking and really looking at these areas that are weak or traumatized, really often, and then taking that apart and really reframing. How they feel about it with love and with loving heart values to be able to go oh and 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 blossom and how much do your values play a part in this diana i think your deepest values as empaths is love kindness caring oftentimes we are the uh, uh boundaryless people who we we hear that somebody has an issue and we we help them. I mean, I have a really big story about that. We don't have to go into it, but it's like I wasn't taking care of me, but I was taking care of someone else, and I almost lost my life because of it. Really, I could have. It was really crazy. It was a drug addict, and I was going to save them. I was in my twenties. Good luck with that. And so we we we're out there, and we also draw narcissists because they can feel that we don't have these boundaries that protect us and they know they're gonna be able to take our energy. Um, it's, I had my, I, my family was like that, the first husband was like that, and those people aren't around anymore because I will not allow it. I'm not, I'm not porous like that, I guess that's the word, so that they can come in and, and take out or take money or take whatever they need. 
which is really scary for people. So how did you extricate yourself away from the the victim, persecutor, rescuer triangle dynamic? Well, it comes up, you know, I mean, again, I'm not, that's a thing. I'm not perfect. I have been studying spirituality for years. I have been working on this my whole life because all of a sudden, you know, I could feel something would fall apart because it always, that's where crisis can come. And that's when you learn the most. And then all of a sudden out of that, kind of like the phoenix rising from the fire, all of a sudden the real me would show up and create a training program in Silicon Valley or create this program. And the more I was with myself, I just, it just happens. Uh, and studying, learning I wasn't alone because I'm, I am empathic, learning it's not a flaw. It's an incredible gift that the world really needs right now, compassion and empathy and love. And it just more and more comes. And again, when you change your energy and you become more from who you are and you care about yourself more and you see who you are, those people don't show up in your life. They just don't. And you learn to say no. You learn to say no. And that comes in with the boundary, creating the boundaries for yourself and, and to protect yourself, but also so that other people respect it. Yes, I think so. But also, as I said, synchronistically or whatever, they don't show up. I mean, we are energy beings and we're going to attract what our energy is. So if we're in a victim mode, people will, will be able to attract it. We're, we're learning that more and more with, with science, that it's all about energy. And, and they just don't come. But my early life was filled with them. I was trained to be a victim of those people, to give and give and give until I had nothing left. And so I, I really sometimes people wonder, like, how, how have you stayed here with all you've gone through? And it's like, I really don't know, except I have this thing inside me that I, I want to give and I want to love and I want to teach others to love. And it would just come out in different ways. And I'm creative, very creative. And with the creativity that seems to sort of exude from in all different areas and, and it's and you do have that level of energy that just sort of comes out, even though you're, you, you've said you're an introvert and that you you're an empath and that you've got this incredibly intuitive way, you still have a huge amount of energy. Yes. And with that, and you said, that, you know, obviously we attract the right energy, you know, what we give out, it's almost a manifestation way. And it, it is that compassion and empathy and love now that you're, you're giving out and, and that you're receiving that back. You also mentioned that you learned to say no. And we talked about the boundaries there. And for people who say, oh, that's easy, you know, I've got a boundary. And then it's not. It's not easy. It, it, the, the boundaries are, as, as you said before, everything is a constant work, which is why I've called this podcast Focus on Why, because it's not just knowing what it is. It's about being able to keep it there as an ever present. It's about the focus that you apply. How do you work on the focus in your life? I just, you know, it's everything is, is practice. Everything is practice, you know, like any habit, like any star athlete. You practice it. You, you, and also, I really, and it's funny because when I was training in, in, uh, around the world, we were training communication skills. One of the biggest things was pausing between your sentences. But that word is so key before you jump in and you give yourself away, which I don't do anymore. I, I pause. I think it's unconscious. 
and I and I see, do I want that? Do, is this going to deplete me? Because oftentimes we get so depleted, we'll end up with diseases like fibromyalgia, or we become alcoholics, or be addicted to antidepressants. Um, and so I pause, and and it's like I, there's a part of me now, I think unconsciously, that goes. Or, and I feel people, I'm allowed, the boundaries allow myself to feel people. I've already, I know that I've seen them, but I never let that protect me. You know, you feel that bad energy or you feel someone's anger, but now I, I see it as a protection. I understand it. So I can protect myself and say no in a kind way, you know, not that I, I'm not scared of it anymore. I'm able to just see it pause and and not react and is it your intuition that always trumps the the logical side of thinking well you know i'm a very logical person so you know i come from i was born in manhattan you know and it's i'm in a really interesting i'm kind of a spiritual and you know let's go shopping kind of person and and i'd love to be in england right now you know playing and doing all that so logic is important and that in in a program that i created for silicon valley it, it was translating spirituality into business language because just being, you know, spiritual, if, if you can't be logical, you, you have to, I don't think my intuition normally gives me anything that isn't, but if something would come up that would seem crazy, I'd have to test that against, I'm living in this world, how do I communicate that and how do I, how do I act to be able to, or, and not run away, uh, to be able to have the power to express who I am and the gifts that I have. And often you mentioned earlier that you talk about being feeling freer to express yourself. And often when I spoken to people, freedom comes with another word. What does freedom mean to you, Diana? Freedom means breathing. I mean, isn't that kind of the freedom to breathe? You know, I think most of my life I've held my breath. A lot of us breathe here because we're just kind of holding on and and fighting life because we don't fit in and we're just always watching to figure out how to navigate a world that really doesn't, is not the kind of world we would be in. And so I would say freedom is breathing and then challenging my fears. So this morning I went back to doing a networking on the East Coast and I, after a few times I, oh, I don't wanna go and the fear, I'm like, nope, you're going. And it was beautiful because the minute I got there, I was able to express myself and I'm not holding back anymore. I love that. So it, it's, it, it's always gives me, gives me different answers whenever I ask the question about freedom, because everybody has a different perspective of what freedom means to them and, and what freedom enables them and empowers them to do. So yeah, great freedom to breathe. And in the, in the world where we have been, holding our breath. I mean, for some people, they've been struggling with breath because of COVID. So it's a, it's a powerful sort of expression for you to share. Isn't that, a, isn't that an interesting metaphor that, that COVID would, I was thinking of that, would affect breathing because breathing is everything. And when we stop, we're gone. And people, the breath of life, you know, the spirit that keeps us here, whatever. And then COVID would come in and attack that very thing. Even if you don't die from it, it restricts. And it just kind of shows you that you need to breathe. You need to breathe. And I've certain teachers breathing from your belly and really letting yourself be full of it. That's challenging. It's challenging for most of us. Yeah. So what's next on the agenda for you, Diana? 
just creating, I'm creating a class. I'm really, and, and it's really focusing. I was doing a lot of the empath stuff and I still am. It's for empaths, but it's, it's, I always forget the name of it, living from the, the magic of your heart. And so I'm doing an introductory class online on the 29th of, of September. And I, it's a kind of an introduction to different, you know, parts of your life that you want to heal with love and how to do that and processes and really going in there without all oh, the story and all that about what happened. But how are you, how do you feel about yourself in this area? What have you been accepting and how can we shift that to love? And so there's an introductory class and then there will be a six series on, and one will be relationships, career, friendship, family, whatever I decide to do. And we'll focus on that and use these heart values of which there are many positive heart values if we replace the negatives that are going to change our lives. So for anybody who listens to this podcast after that date, and, and it will be because this episode is out on the 5th of October, how else would they be able to get hold of you? What's the best way to reach out to you, Diana? Best way is going to my website, which is truehearttraining.com. There's only one T between the heart and the T and the training. So don't put two T's in there because you won't find me. So true heart training. So they can go in there and they can read and they can read my, some of my blogs, which are mostly about love and learn about the classes on the events page that are coming up. I'd love that. And they can also just email me. I'd love to have conversations with people. I offer a 30 minute session, a complimentary session just to, to talk because I really find that I have to find the right people. And, and with a million billion people, I'm sure they're enough, but some people aren't really ready. They want the instant answers and they want me to tell them what to do. And it really is about learning about yourself, not me. I'm just a guide, I'm the navigator. So I really love to have those sessions because if a person isn't right, they're not gonna even, and, make it, and be committed to this process, they're not going to uh, get anything out of it. It's important. And I love that you say in your in your website, it says that it's for an approach that is become, to become the people that you've always been, essentially. Yes. And yes. and I, I've always said that, you know, for me, it's never too late to be who you might have been. And as a midlife beginner, I advocate that. Uh, tell me more about what living your authentic life actually means. Being able to continually grow continually find new ways to express my gifts. I'm trying to let go of, I have to live here. I have to have that, you know, that's still always there. I'm trying to let it be open to where I'm supposed to be. Um, I want to be speaking more. I want to be, you know, going into organizations and helping them understand their sensitive people or just understand in general how to bring the best out in people, how to make them feel safe, even though they might be the janitor, so they feel lower than, how to get everyone to contribute, because that's how they're going to really be profitable. I know it, you know, but it's it's a dream. It's a dream, and there are a lot of consultants out there trying to work on that, but that's really all of it. I just want to express this and hope that it touches someone and hope, and, you know, even with the kids today, they they are so on this thing they're, they're, they're on their phones thinking that's who they should be. They're always comparing. None of them or hardly any have had critical thinking taught in school. They have no idea how to find that place. And it's so important. And I'd love to work with that population as well. And I actually have taught a little class like that and got the most amazing response because it's like, 
oh my goodness, thank you. I, you no know, wonder I feel bad about myself because I feel bad about myself because I'm comparing me to other people. That's not me. And how do I do that? How do I find me? How do I support me and grow the things that matter? I love that. Thank you for sharing. So it's been a wonderful journey into true heart training, into thinking more authentically and sensing more about yourself and, and understanding who you really are and being that authentic person. Authenticity is a tough one because how do you know when you're being authentic, when you're essentially showing up in different places, being different people, because that's where you're expected to do. You're expected to fit in. So how do you ever know who you truly are? I think as long as you know it inside of you, I mean, I'm wearing a blouse and I don't get this dressed up around here. I'm not going to put makeup on and get all dressed up in this area. I'm going to look like everybody else, but I'm not everybody else. Or if I go into a networking situation, I'll try to find the language and this is the challenge to, you know, to really listen to people and find the language to, 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 to they connect. I mean, that's what communication is to me. How can I connect to you? What, what is your communication style so that you receive what I have to give? And I think that's the biggest one. And that doesn't mean that the fear doesn't come up because you are kind of uncomfortable trying to do it. But if you really learn to come from that and learn how to communicate with kindness and love and respect for other people that are different, then, you know, you're, you're on your way. You're winning in some way. And it's a process. I love the compassion, the empathy, the love, the kindness and respect that you've brought to this conversation today, Diana. It's been beautiful. Do you have some final words for the audience for me, please? I think I just want people to know that there's, they have a choice. They can either go with fear or they can go with love. And it's a journey that can be challenging because we're in that world that is very, very combative and negative and scary, but it is there for them. Love is the, the really impulse of life. We're created from love and it's the biggest healer in the world. And if they start to allow themselves to be able to believe that they can have that, even give it to themselves, then they are on their way to, to being able to live here without collapsing from whatever they believe that's being told to them. Thank you for listening to Focus on Why with me, Amy Rowlandson. To show your appreciation and to help other listeners understand what value you have received from tuning in today, please leave me an Apple Podcasts five-star review. Remember, the conversation doesn't end here. To keep it going, connect with me on LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook or Twitter or join the inspiring, uplifting and positive Focus on Why Facebook group. All the links are in the show notes. Have a purpose, have a plan, Focus on Why.